Hello and welcome to the Dan Wines Fitness Podcast, the show designed to expose you to life-changing information to live the best life you can. We'll talk nutrition, training, mindset and personal development. If you haven't found your purpose yet and are still searching, then this is the show for you. Let's work together in the continued pursuit of progress and learning. If you find these episodes valuable, then it would mean the world to me if you share it with your friends and family. Let's build this community as much as we can. If you'd like to subscribe to my mailing list, you'll also receive written versions of each episode for you to be able to apply into your lives. Hello, and in today's episode, we are going to talk about how you can drink alcohol and eat out while still getting the results you want. In the previous episodes, we discussed calories, macronutrients, and sticking to a plan. In this episode, we'll be revisiting a lot of these lessons and implementing them too. The first thing I want to mention is, and my clients will attest to this, I'm a huge believer in living life. Celebrating with your friends, family, food and drink is a massive part of our culture. Now that doesn't mean that we can go all out. And here's the advice that I would give my clients. So many of you listening will have been guilty of using the phrase, there's no point in me starting until next month. I've got all these social events. Um, I just want to get them out of the way. What if I said you could do both? This comes down to the numbers and working out the maths, just like we have in previous episodes. You can use MyFitnessPal and other calorie tracking apps to track calories and even alcohol too. As a side note, alcohol contains seven calories per gram. But if you're using MyFitnessPal, then you can search and even scan bottles or cans if needed and add the amount to the daily log that you are creating. The main thing to consider here is the numbers. Remember, alcohol contains seven calories per gram. And we discussed in detail the macronutrients in a previous episode. But as a reminder, protein and carbohydrates contain four calories per gram and fat contains nine calories per gram. The idea doesn't change here just because we're going out for food and drinks. There is no magical combination when it comes to compositional change beside calorie balance. We will approach this no differently than a normal day. Plan and track your consumption. Think about what you will be doing. And it doesn't mean that you have to be good. I'll do air quotes because it's a podcast and you can't see. It simply means we know the consumption and it gives us an idea of what to do after or before the event in order to minimize any potential damage. Have the foods you would usually in this type of occasion as that will add to the enjoyment factor. Of course, if you're overindulging, then my advice would always be to hold back, but have a little of everything that you want. That way you don't feel restricted, you have fun and you haven't caused as much damage. If you know where you're going and you know what the food is going to be like, what is it that you're going to be consuming food and drink wise? Remember, at this point, you should know your numbers for your goal. If you don't, go back to the episode where I talk about calories and everything you need to know and calculating how much you need. Now, this advice is great if you have lots of prior notice and you have a few options. Let's say on Friday night you're going out and you will consume a thousand calories of alcohol and a takeout after the night out of around about 2000 calories. That's 3000 calories and it sounds like a lot, but it's easily done. For perspective, that's a large Domino's pizza and roughly five pints. You can see it's not overly excessive, but the calories add up rapidly. How do we deal with this then? And what do we need to do to still get results? Most people think that this is game over and they've messed up. This leads to the start again Monday mindset and normally another two days of untracked eating, which potentially causes an even bigger surplus. When untracked, the calories can add up very quickly. To avoid this, we need to start working on a larger timescale than a daily basis. 
as this can lead to a perfection mindset, which as you can remember from the last episode, is not a good thing to have as it increases the chances of binges and decreases the chance of adherence in the long term. Working on a weekly total is a much better way than working on a daily total. That way we can have the flexibility in the plan without it affecting the result. For example, if your total daily energy expenditure was 2000 calories, we would work off a 14,000 calorie weekly basis. Um, and we've come to that figure by multiplying 2000 by seven. So if our weekly target is 14,000 calories, we have so much more to work with. Remember, these are example figures. And if you want to know your exact numbers, go back and listen to the everything you need to know about calories episode. Working off the assumption that we have pre-planned this night and we know roughly how many calories we'll be consuming, we'll use that 3000 calories as an example. What we need to do now is pre-plan the calories beforehand to minimize the impact. You have a few choices here and they will be dependent on the notice that you have and to be honest with you, that individual preference, which is really the biggest key in all of this. So we're gonna spread that surplus over the seven days. When consuming 3000 calories extra from the social event, divide that over the seven days, which gives you 428.57 calories. We'll round that up to 430 and deduct those from your daily target to balance it out. Secondly, we can look at deducting the calories from the day and load your calories towards the evening. I'm not saying don't eat at all, but what we can do is swap out your foods for lower calorie alternatives and start your eating later on in the day. This may look like 500 to 1000 calories lower than your usual intake. Remember, you're still consuming those 3000 calories later, so we don't need to worry about the underconsumption. Of course, we can argue about the hormonal repercussions and internal issues associated with routinely eating like this, but this episode isn't about doing this two to three times a week. It's about being able to fit in important social events and date nights with partners once a week while still getting the results that you want. Once you have deducted those calories from the day, you can figure out your target for the following six days to hit your seven day average. Let's say you hit a thousand calories less before the night out. That brings us to 4,000 calories for the day. Deduct that from 14,000 that we used as the weekly target. We now have 10,000 calories remaining over the six days. And that means our new target is 1,666.7 calories per day. And to make that simple, we'll round that up to 1,670. To make that simple, we'll round that up to 1,670 and then simply consume that amount to hit your weekly target for the following seven days. The final option is my most recommended one for clients when it's a one-off. Do nothing. Simply enjoy yourself and get back to work the next day ticking boxes. You see, this is a numbers game and ticking the boxes more than not, you will get to where you want. However, this depends on frequency. If you want a big drinker or don't go out weekly, then this option is for you. If you want to go out weekly, enjoy a drink and the foods that you want, this really isn't the best choice for you as you'll be over your weekly average almost every week. Going back to the box ticking exercise, what we need to remember here is if you're ticking the boxes 99% of the time, the 1% that you do go off track, it's going to do very little to anything in the long term. As I said, this option really is only for those people that are going to be ticking the boxes 99% of the time and then just want to have a social event. This is where most people fall into the weekend warrior camp. A weekend warrior is when you are good Monday to Thursday and then Friday night to Sunday, you eat what you want as you've worked hard all week. Now the logic adds up, but let's look at the numbers as to why this simply doesn't work. 
Let's say person A consumes 1500 calories Monday to Friday while at work during the week. She's trying to get ready for a holiday and get that bikini body that she wants. On Friday night, she decides to get a takeaway, Chinese, her favorite, which adds another 1000 calories to her Friday consumption. Saturday, she wakes up and decides to go to her favorite breakfast joint up the road and have coffee and breakfast with her friends. We'll add another 800 to 1000 calories, and it could even be higher if she has like a fancy latte or something like that. Then she has something small for lunch, a salad or something lower calorie. We'll add 250 to 500 calories depending on the type of dressing being used. And then in the evening, she goes out for food and drinks to celebrate her friend's birthday. They go out to an Italian, have a two course meal, and then have three to four cocktails. Let's add the food, 1,000 to 1,500 calories, and the cocktails, 600 to 800 roughly. Sunday comes around and then we do what every British person does and has a Sunday roast with a dessert. After that, a chill out day with a film and a few snacks. The roast is hard to judge, but let's say it's another 800 to 1,000 depending on the quantity and the food choices, the dessert, 300 to 500, and then an afternoon snack total of around about 500 to 1,000 calories based off one to two packets of sweets or chocolates. Now, let's see the overconsumption over that weekend, starting from the Friday night. So adding that up, the numbers are 1,000 calories for the Chinese, 1,000 calories for the coffee breakfast, 500 for the salad, 1,500 for the Italian, 800 for cocktails, 1,500 for the roast dinner and dessert, and 1,000 calories in snacks. That brings the total consumption to 7,300. That means person A is consuming 7,300 calories Monday to Friday, and then 7,300 calories from Friday night to Sunday. And this brings up her average consumption from 1,500 she needs to get the bikini body she wants to 2,114 actual calories consumed on average. You can see how this is easily done. I used a female as an example in this as females will commonly have a lower total daily energy expenditure than males due to hormones and muscle mass. Meaning you must have more awareness of the food choices that you're making as the degree of error is much lower. If we can implement a routine into person A's eating habits, we can factor in most of these choices by planning ahead. The Chinese takeout on a Friday night, we can deduct calories from that day and make a lower calorie choice from the Chinese menu. If we chose to deduct 500 calories and then choose something that only contains 700 calories in on the menu, we're only looking at a surplus now of 200 calories. For the coffee breakfast, we could look at lower calorie alternative choices, but I'd also recommend changing the coffee to a lower calorie alternative, especially if you're drinking a mocha or a latte with cream. Drinking those calories makes little sense and it doesn't fill you. That will decrease the breakfast by a further 200 or more calories, bringing that to 800 calories. Then for the evening celebration, I wouldn't change anything. Enjoy it and celebrate with friends and family. The roast, I'd simply look at the choices you're making. After this weekend, I'd go for more volume and veg than anything. Fill up on the veg and reduce the higher calorie foods. We all love roast potatoes, but have a few and reduce the calories from there. And anything else that's really cooked in any calorie laden oil. These things are not bad for us. In the context of this example though, we're trying to look at how to get results with a weekend full of socializing with food and drink. If you can forgo the dessert too, we can drop another 500 calories there. And for the snacks, I'd go for one bag of sweets or chocolate or even none 
And again, that means that we can save 500 to 1,000 calories there. New consumption here would be 700 for the Chinese, 800 for breakfast, 500 for the salad, 1,500 for the Italian meal, and the cocktails were 800, 500 for the roast without the dessert, and then 500 for the snack. The total consumption here is now 5,300, a reduction of 2,200 calories, and bringing the average consumption down to 1,828.57 calories. We'll round that up to 1,830 for ease. The total weekly consumption, a total weekly consumption of 12,810 out of a target of 10,500. This means in this example, if we make no adjustments or changes, there is a 2,300 calorie surplus, which is likely to mean that you'll gain a pound of body weight. And this is purely focusing on the nutrition without factoring in exercise of any form. Now what we do to make up for this surplus over the following seven days is deduct your calories by 330 per day, and you will stay on track by doing that. You can work on an even larger timescale too, especially if your calories are already quite low, as they are in this example. 14, 21, or even 28 day targets work really, really well. But if you're looking to do this on a weekly basis, ask yourself if your calorie target is correct for you. Did you calculate your total daily energy expenditure or have you just set a number based on a friend's recommendation? Remember, this is not a race and you'll only get to your goal if it's sustainable. Your total daily energy expenditure, go and listen to the everything you need to know about calories episode. If your calorie target is correct, if your calorie target is correct based on your TDEE, look at your behavior. Do you still need to consume those calories to enjoy yourself? Can you socialize with friends and family and still get the same fulfillment without the breakfast? Is it a regular occurrence? There's so much to unpack here and it's all relative to you as an individual. This would be that you can be flexible with foods and alcohol if you're organized, but make sure to plan and always track your consumption of both food and drink. It is a lot of work, but it must be done to avoid falling into the weekend warrior trap. This is simply a numbers game, and therefore it's so much easier if you know the numbers. One night out a week won't derail you, and you can still get great results, but if you're trying to do two or three events a week, you're taking the biscuit, and it's unlikely that you're gonna to get to where you want to be. Here is this episode's take home points. You can consume alcohol every week and get results by simply factoring it into your consumption. Use a calorie tracking app to monitor that consumption as you go through the week. Enjoy life while on a plan and make sure that it accommodates social events. If it doesn't, you'll not sustain it for long enough and if you do, you'll be deeply unfulfilled and unhappy. Unless your goal requires extremes like the final few weeks of prepping for a bodybuilding show, it's not needed. You shouldn't have to choose between enjoying your life and getting results, do both. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And just a quick reminder, you can sign up to my mailing list to receive written versions of each and every one of these podcasts. You can sign up to that mailing list by clicking on my Instagram account at Dan Wines, spelled W-Y-N-E-S. Uh, there's a highlight reel there where you can swipe up and simply enter your information there. And also I'll put the link in the description below. Remember, if you took any value from this, please share it with your friends and family. Let's spread the knowledge, let's build this community, and let's support each other in our goals of being the best version of ourselves. Thank you so much once again for listening, and I'll catch up with you all in the next episode.